This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the house of hardcore, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer and I talk about the big news in the world of pro wrestling. That's right. The big show. Paul White has signed with AEW. What's the ramifications? What's going to take place? What does the future hold? We break it down on today's edition of the Busted Open Podcast. And speaking of AEW, we talk to the murder hawk himself. Everyone dies. Lance Archer right now on the Busted Open Podcast. What's up, man? I'm excited, dude. This is like a big game feel. You know, you never get to talk to somebody who's about to be in a big game, but we're getting you before a big match tonight on AEW Dynamite and Ray Phoenix. Somebody, Lance, who's been talked about a lot on this show the last few weeks. He should be, man. He's one of the best light heavyweights, cruiserweights, whatever you want to categorize him as in, in the business, which just in this day and age of wrestling just makes him one of the best wrestlers in the world. I agree. Uh, I'm a big Ray Phoenix fan. I'm a big fan of yours as well. And I say Ray, Ray Phoenix should could be the next Ray Mysterio in the sense of that I've seen him do wrestling maneuvers where I'm like, how does he physically do that? Um, blows me away. Way. Yeah. And uh, But then you're another guy who is a gigantor and does things that a man <laughs> shouldn't be doing for his size. So it's a very, very intriguing matchup tonight. Yeah, I'd like to believe so. I think, I think that's what, you know, people are going to tune in not knowing exactly what to expect. I think, like you said, Ray's been talked about a lot. I think... I've done a lot in the last few, especially few weeks to, to put myself in that category as well. And I think people are expecting certain things, but they're not knowing exactly what they're going to get. And tonight they're going to be blown away. I, I guarantee you, you're going to be blown away. And I like what you just said about lately with you, because you've been highlighted for sure the last few weeks on AEW Dynamite and been in that main event position. I know this is something you've wanted for a long time, and it seems like it's finally happening with you in AEW. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, th- I think this business has its ebbs and flows, its ups and downs, its goods and bads at different times. Anybody that's been in the business for any long period of time, um, and I'm not above working my ass off to get where I need to be. And that's exactly what I've been doing since I joined AEW. And that was part of the reason that I joined AEW was the challenge to get to this moment, to get to this spot, to be a main event player within all elite wrestling. Um, and at a point in my career where, you know, maybe some people didn't expect that to happen, but I always expected it to happen. Um, I've always pushed myself to, to be the best that I could possibly be. And I think being in the ring with guys like Ray Phoenix and, and the slew of talent that is at all elite wrestling can only make someone better. And I think that's what has happened for me. It's helped me get better. Um, and it's helped me get to that point where now I'm in a main event spot and I don't plan to let it go. Um, a lot of us, you know, we, when we're here on this show as well, um, I, I just told a story about me coming to work or, or dealing with a lot of things in your life that are going on. Number one, uh, how were you affected with the whole snowstorm and everything that hit Dallas? Because, I mean, you see things on social media, but then here's the real part. Like you put it out very, very uh, smartly. You were like, hey, I don't own a shovel. 
because you never right. think it's going to snow in Texas. Right. And like, yeah, I, how did you make out in your family and everything? You know, me and my family were extremely lucky. I know there was a lot of people around Texas that were not lucky. You know, unfortunately, some people passed away, things like that, because, you know, Texas in no way was prepared for this whatsoever. And in my entire life, I've never seen it get that cold. Like it, it snowed like a foot in one day, like 11 years ago, but it wasn't cold enough for it to stick around. Like it lasted maybe a day and a half and then it was gone. Um, you know, so like I, I was having the, the conversation about the, the shovel was with Monty Brown. He was like, don't you have a snow shovel? And I was like, I have a shovel. And he's like, why don't you have a snow shovel? And I was like, I was like, it's once in a decade that we see snow like this. And I've never seen cold like this. Like, I think Monday night, like I was lucky enough to get on a flight and get out of Dallas because it was a clear day on Monday, but it got down to negative zero. And I've never even seen or heard of that in Texas ever, you know, and the big wind turbines that were providing a lot of power to a lot of the state, which is why so many people lost power, um, froze up. Think something that no one ever thought would ever happen because they're in Texas. That doesn't happen in Texas. Um, and so, you know, it was one of those things that it caught everybody in Texas and in the South so off guard that, you know, all my Northern friends were like, oh, it's negative 15 here. It's negative 25 in Canada. I'm like, I understand that, but you guys expect that you have the equipment to take care of the roads and, you know, everything that you need to do. You have snow plows at home and snow shovels and whatever else. And Texas, we don't, we don't have ice scrapers in our truck. You know, I put a blanket over the window of my truck just so that, you know, it wouldn't ice over. And that was just probably the smartest thing I did. Um, but like I said, we got extremely lucky. No power outage, no water loss at my house. My dad lost uh, water for uh, like a couple days, but then it came back pretty quick. But other than that, you know, my family made out extremely well. And we were blessed, you know. Right. Because well, I saw like uh, the Undertaker, Michelle McCool, they were out without power for 12 days. And wow. Oh, really? Wow. Stuff like that, like people don't take in consideration. And and here's you. I mean, I know you personally. You have you're dealing with all this going around in your state with your friends and your family, and you have to leave. You have to leave yeah. to go to work. Before yeah. that, your father was in the hospital. You have to leave yeah. to go to work. And we all have to. But these are the things that a lot of the 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 listeners or you know if we don't follow you on social media we don't know about like as soon as i heard about your dad i reached out to you because you posted like yeah. hey you wanted prayers for your father and i was yeah. like hey man i believe in the power of prayer and but then you have to go and put on a main event performance which is like uh, besides getting on a plane doing all that stuff leaving all your worries at home so you could perform in front of, you know, millions in the ring. And that's why it's so admirable. But I just want people to know, like, hey, I appreciate you just as the person because of our relationship. But here's more of a reason why we should appreciate everything that people do and forget about ratings and all that stuff. It's just, hey, man, we're real people, too. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And, and an update on my dad. He's doing extremely well. I okay. went down and stayed with him for a couple of days and he got so good that he was basically kicking me out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that your dad's OK, because I was at the Super Bowl 10 years ago uh, mm -hmm. when there was a bit just a, a tiny bit of an ice storm and like everything was shut down. And I, I couldn't oh, the one in Dallas. Oh, yeah. And that yeah, was yeah, like yeah. nothing like it because because Lance, for people who don't know, like you just said, 
You don't have the salt to put on the roads, the sand to put on the roads. Like, you know, people don't own a, a snow shovel. You know, they, yeah. the hotels don't have salt to, to put on the sidewalks in front of the hotel. So I, I couldn't yeah. imagine what you guys have just gone through. When that, when that ice storm hit, you know, uh, 10 years ago or whatever it was, I had flown in from Japan and was stuck in Minneapolis where they had iced over runways and snow banks outside and were flying in and out. No problem. And they wouldn't let me fly to Dallas because DFW was shut down. Right. Uh, you know, Lance, and, and I don't even know if you heard this because word is just coming down right now that uh, mm-hmm. the big show is signed with AEW. Wait, what? It's everywhere. There's press releases. It's everywhere. Ed, is this correct, Ed Robinson? I just got the press release in my email here. Uh, He has signed a long-term deal with AEW to join the commentary for their new YouTube extension, AEW Dark Elevation. So congratulations to that. So uh, it's good to to hear that he is part of the AEW family, Lance. And and I was just going to ask you about another legendary figure. Now we just heard that. So congratulations. But, you know, with Sting being cleared and now Sting being a part of Revolution, I mean, talk about what his presence has meant for AEW Dynamite. It's one of those it's one of those sparks that, you know, nobody knew about it, like. Here's a fun little story, backstory. Sting, when I was getting ready to work the Moxley, I had a few friends that were, you know, made a couple of videos, including Monty Brown and Suzuki Minoru. Um, you know, they made a couple of little prediction videos. And, and he was one of the guys because he lives here in Texas near me. I, and I reached out because I didn't know what his situation was with the other company. And I just said, hey, man, is this something you could do? And he actually called me and was like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't right now because of my contractual situation, blah, blah, blah. And then it, he it, ultimately, you know, he shows up at AEW, big surprise appearance. And like, he walks by me in the backstage and I like smack him on the shoulder. I'm like, Hey, and he just kind of big cheesy smile and went and did his moment. And then when he came back, he's like, man, he goes, when you asked me to do that, I couldn't. And then like two days later, everything changed. And that's when this conversation started, you know? And so it just, I think it gives the business a spark. And I think he himself, you know, and you saw him get power bombed by Brian Cage yep. the other day. He wanted. He wants to go out in this business on his terms, you know. And I, I think he was happy to go where he went when he went there at the time. Um, but you know, they they were not allowing him to to finish his career like he wanted to, and this was an opportunity to do so. And I think that's kind of been his whole career. And then for AEW and the talent in the back, it's just like I started this business because of him. So the opportunity and the possibility of being able to step in the ring with Sting has come back. That, that that's that excites me personally. So yeah, it's really cool. Uh, this news of the of Paul White joining uh, now. Guess yes. what? You're not the biggest guy in the company. <laughs> well, guess what, Paul White? You want to step in the ring with the Murder Hog Monster? Get your ass in there. And get off commentary. I'll fight you. Yes. See, there you go. Pro Wrestler 101 just cuts a quick <laughs> promo, puts him over. I love it. <laughs> I, I love it too. And you know, we something that we were talking about earlier in the show. Lance is these relationships that AEW has with the NWA and New Japan and Impact Wrestling. Yeah. I mean, it, exciting times in 2012. At a very tough time, AEW is creating a lot of buzz and excitement. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the business before the world has gone into the situation that it's in and, and still dealing with it right now. Um, you know, the business was booming in a way that I don't think anybody had ever seen. I mean, Tommy, you can tell me if you've ever seen it like this, just the amount of 
from the independence to the major companies that were around and existing and, and starting and everything that was going on, New Japan Pro Wrestling expanding around the world, not just in Japan. It was booming in a way that, you know, was making wrestling crazy fun again, but then the world shuts down. But now what AEW has done in this entire uh, time frame, and now what we're doing with that forbidden door being open to, to NWA and Impact and now New Japan and you know who know who knows what's else you know just Paul White coming over with something I don't think anybody expected to see happen. Um, I just think it adds a new spark, especially at a time when you know fans aren't able to go to these shows on a regular basis like they were before. Now we're giving it to them, whether it's on TNT or, or you know the new show, the evolution that's going to ha- start happening. It's just so many cool avenues of professional wrestling, and with that forbidden door being open, you know I might get to choke slam Tommy Dreamer again, and that's an exciting thing for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and Lance, I do feel that way in a lot of ways because you're right. 2019 was such an amazing year uh, uh, for right. pro wrestling, and with AEW, the way they were selling out arenas, and and you know, I mentioned this before, but we we're talking March of 2020, that big. Uh, that big show that they were going to have in Newark, New Jersey, uh, right. you know, the biggest crowd that ever for an AEW show, and and, <laughs> and then be, it, yeah, it just stopped, and and like and, yeah. and in a lot of ways, you could say, all right, we're going to put it on pause and wait for fans to come back, but here we are in 2021, a year into this shit, and yeah. and, and we still don't know where we are and when things are going to get back to normal. So you kind of like things that you wanted to kind of hold back and wait for i guess you just can't do that anymore no i mean it's kind of like everybody's career if you sit back and wait it's going to pass you by you know you have to get out there and do your thing so it's the same premise with the companies you know there was you know a little bit of waiting and what's going on and what's going to happen because you didn't know what you could or couldn't do but it was all right we have TV, we have a contract, we've got to get something in, you know, a group of us, when it first all happened, you know, back in March, went to Atlanta and filmed like 20 plus matches for up to eight weeks worth of TV, just because we didn't know when we were going to get be, be able to get back together and, and do live TV and whatnot. And, you know, then when we finally had a small group of fans at, at AEW, you know, the, Chris Jericho talks about the first time hearing actual fans sing his song, what it meant to him. And, you know, just being that energy that you get just from even just a a few fans, you know, the Brody tribute show, I think we had the most fans that we'd had, I think like 1500 or something like that. And the energy was just palpable, palpable. I can't, am I saying that correctly? Um, It was just, it's been an amazing experience, you know, and I've, I've had the opportunity to work a couple independent shows that had large crowds and it was almost weird. It was like, wait a second, there's a lot of people for an independent show at this show. And they're just absolutely loving wrestling. So, you know, everybody just had to find their way forward. And that's what I think AEW has done this entire time. And I think, in probably the best fashion they possibly could. Yeah. I also think, and I, and I gave props to Tony, he was on the forefront of testing the talents and making sure that everybody in the work environment was safe and i you know you'll see all the boys showing their bracelets and three bracelets and all that stuff and just to make people feel safe and when you come to work uh during these crazy times it was just like wow you know i can't believe they're actually doing that because i mean now i seeing independent wrestling companies like telling wrestlers hey you got to show us your that you're being covid tested before you come to work yeah but he was the leader of that 
Yep. And it's, you know, luckily that the testing has become more readily available. So, you know, like you said, some of these independent companies can do it as well. But, you know, from the very beginning, like you said, as soon as a technology was available, you know, obviously, you know, with the Jaguars around and things like that, that they have the opportunity to get to those probably a little quicker than other places. But yeah, from the very beginning, we were being tested in, in the best ways possible, you know, controlled before you even walk on the dailies place, you know, they're making sure you have your bands and they're testing your temperature and everything like that. And if, if anything seems off at all, you know, they, they send you off, you know, for more testing just to make sure to make you, make you feel comfortable and make the, the other wrestlers feel comfortable and to be able to continue work and moving forward. Lance, are you um, surprised by, like, the division in pro wrestling right now? Because, like you mentioned, 2019, it seemed like everybody was just having a great time. It seemed like mm-hmm. the pro wrestling community was just one large community. But over mm-hmm. the last year, things changed within the fandom. Like, there's this division of, like, I'm an AEW fan or I'm a WWE fan. Has that surprised you at all? No, not really. I mean, if you think about the back in the whole WCW Nitro and Raw days, and there was very divided back then. It's very different era. Obviously, you know, you had to watch on TV live or, you know, set your, your tape recorder to record and watch it later. You didn't have DVR the way you have it now so that you can simply record one or both shows and watch it at your convenience. Um, but I think now, and I think it's created a fun aspect, you know, especially on Wednesday nights when, you know, we're going directly head to head with NXT. Um, for the fans, you know, when the fans are having fun with it, it's fun when they're, when they're bantering back and forth about what show they like more, what wrestler they like more, you know, and you're trying to convince them one way or the other that they should be watching your show and not the other show. I think that's fun. You know, sometimes, unfortunately, I think fans can get a little nutty and, and go a little crazy with, with their division and fandom. But, um, so I'm not so totally surprised just because like I said, the world has kind of come to the way that it is right now um Mm -hmm. and i just think that society as a whole you know there's there's always going to be this is this is where i stand and i think you should stand with me and other people are going to be like nope this is where i stand and i think you should stand with me over here and i think that division is just a natural thing uh for human nature so to see it happening in wrestling i'm not that surprised um and i think in some ways it can be very beneficial in good ways okay do you have uh i know you have goals um, mm-hmm. to always be better. Do you have like a dream opponent in AEW? Man, th- th- that's been the cool part. I mean, you know, for a little while there, Pac and I were a little going head to head. It was kind of just kind of a rivalry of who wanted, who, who was going to get to Eddie Kingston first, you know, and that was always one. Like I've, I've known Pac for a really long time. We did a small independent island tour way back in 2009. And I just saw the amazing wrestler that he is and the intensity and the ferocity that he brings to the ring. So I think him and I stepping in the ring is one of those matches that I think will just shock everybody in the best way possible. Um, you know, Kenny, and o- Kenny Omega and I, until that tag match had never stepped in the ring together. He's the champion right now. And, you know, if he keeps that title, um, you know, after revolution, my plan has always been to be in that main event spot fighting for the top championship. And I'd gladly be a double champion in AEW, TNT and world heavyweight champion so you know those are guys and there's a slew of talent you know we have some big guys that i've never had a chance to step in the ring with the wardlows and the the 
the Luchasaurus is in, and heck Miro. Miro's a guy that I've never had a chance to step in the ring with. Um, you know, uh, Jay Hager and I, we fought on an independent level before, but we've never fought on a big stage before. I think the combination of him and I's style would be there. Chris Jericho, the legend that he is, you know, I've never had a chance to step in the ring with Chris Jericho. I don't know if he'd want to get in the ring with me because everybody dies. Um, you know, and then, like I said, Sting, guy that I, the reason I got in this business, I've never had a chance. I tried to get a, a match with him back when I was at TNA. I talked to Vince Russo. And, you know, he said, yeah, yeah, I think we can make that happen, bro. And uh, it just <laughs> never did. <laughs> it never did. So, you know, it's one of those things that now he's back. So, oh, man, there's so many guys that, uh, I, you know, I'm just kind of drooling, like just fiending. Like, oh, I can step in the ring with them and just beat the crap out of them. It's a lot of fun. So. Well, you mentioned Kenny Omega, your AEW champion. Uh, mm -hmm. What we're going to see on March 7th, the exploding barbed wire death <laughs> match between him and John Moxley. What were your thoughts when you first heard that AEW was bringing in this match? <laughs> it was just like, wait, what? We're going to do an exploding barbed wire death match? I was like, uh, it's one of those things like I've seen video clips from Japan and I'm curious to see if, you know, Japan's such a different era, a different place, you know, and then Tommy can tell you when you go there, it's the mentality for matches like that is just on a different level. And obviously Kenny, you know, a guy that has spent most of his career over in Japan and then Moxley, who's no stranger to death matches and things like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of crazy carnage they come up with this, with this exploding barbar death match. So I think every single person, it's going to be one of those uh, curtain sellouts uh, as they call it. And I think the internet and, and everybody watching the pay-per-view at home, like it, that's worth the buy by itself. So. I wouldn't want to be any of the wrestlers uh, who have usually sit ringside uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> around for that. I think that's where you want to uh, disappear for that because <laughs> those implosions, you feel it. Uh, I've yeah. been in the ring with Kane when that pyro goes off and you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, Billy yeah. Gunn will be nowhere near any of that. He'll just gradually just disappear. You'll see him at the beginning and then he'll be gone. Yeah, Billy's notorious for that. I, I, I had that match with Eddie Kingston, you know, the lumberjack match, and I, I did the big dive over the top rope to the floor, and it was just amazing that Billy Gunn was uh, off to the side, you know, kind of like <laughs> meandering or something. And who knows what was happening, but it was he was nowhere near the pileup. You know, it was, it was, it's very Billy Gunn. He was wondering how come his arms can't do this anymore. They can't cross across his chest. Yeah, yeah. He can't do that anymore, so he's just walking like, why can't my arms do this anymore? It got me over for a long time. <laughs> You know, Maybe uh, you get up, Tom... scream, you get up screaming, and look at Billy, and he's just kind of smirking. I'm like, oh, son of a. <laughs> uh, and mean and how man. is Jake feeling? How is Jake feeling? And he's been great with you as well. Yeah, I mean, Jake's been. That's one of the biggest questions I get asked all the time, and, and Jake's been invaluable. I think you know, I, I'd like to believe that you know, I'm still like Tommy said, I'm always learning, always trying to find ways to improve. But my in ring style, I, I think I've in essence, kind of figured out who I am and what I need to do to present the Murderhawk monster when I step out there in the ring and fight. Um, but the one thing that Jake has done for me tremendously in the few times that I've had an opportunity on AEW Dark to get a microphone is to present a whole new side of the Murderhawk monster, more calm, uh, maniacal, you know, poetic, but deadly version of the Murderhawk monster. And, and that's coming directly from Jake, helping me find that pacing and timing and that my verbiage in a way that, you know, kind of makes me unique in that aspect. And, you know, so when that time comes that 
the ma- the murder hawk monster is speaking on dynamite instead of just dark that i get to have my voice and, and heard well and jake's been invaluable in that you know and then he's invaluable to the roster there's a lot of young guys that come to him and ask questions and he can give them uh, a very old school mentality to add into the new school way of wrestling that can make somebody stand out in the best way possible. So he's invaluable to AEW. He's invaluable to me. Um, and his health has been really good. Um, and it's really cool to see Jake in this amazing, positive place in his life and excited about pro wrestling. So it's really fun. Uh, I agree 1000%. I mean, and just looking at you and looking at your career, you literally went to Japan and redefined you. And, you know, all this great buzz about you and then you come to AEW and it's just like in your face. But then the fact that you have somebody and I think this is why AEW is great. You literally could be, let's say, in catering. You turn to your left. There's Arn Anderson. There's Tully Blanchard. There's Jake the Snake. There's Chris Jericho. There's Dustin Rhodes. All these guys who have been to the dance and can literally help other talent and they're also are willing to help because they're on their their on-air talents as well so like yeah. i mean tully blanchard is coming back at 67 and going to be wrestling with the revival coming up soon and mm-hmm. you have this wealth of knowledge that's also being promoted i mean even they mm-hmm. showed dory funk jr in the crowd mm-hmm. And for a mm-hmm. lot of fans, like, oh, man, that's pretty friggin' cool. But, like, that's the respect factor. And I'm not – this isn't against the WWE, because, but they don't really feature older talent like that. Right. And, yeah, I mean, and I Jake, think, Jake's throwing clotheslines. I don't mean to cut you off. Jake's friggin' <laughs> throwing clotheslines, falling all over the place, and just, like, laughing. <laughs> but he's doing something that he's known his entire life. Yeah, yeah. And he's itching, he's itching to hit that DDT, so somebody somewhere better watch out. Oh man, I'm going to AEW. I'm going to feed for that son of a bitch. <laughs> well, okay, Tommy, maybe maybe you and Lance could help me get in uh, to Daly's place on March seventh to <sighs> see this. Now, what, Lance, what? I know you listen to the show. Dave has been banned. Uh, um, yeah. This I was gonna friggin' say he's gonna hit you up to try to get you in for that uh, match. <laughs> Listen, I, I know you, you you watch Lance. Maybe you could be one of the guys that he just violently pushes to the floor as he comes to the ring. <laughs> Maybe you could, that'll be a spot for you. I, I, yeah, I can just drag you out there and, and choke slam you. And then when you, you know, as you're selling and getting up, you just find a chair to, to relax in and, you know, get your wits back about you. And then you get to watch the whole show. I, I would love to, that. You can sit next, you can sit next to Fuego del Sol. I would love that, but you got to. But again, it's Cody banned me. I don't know how you work with the guy, Lance. <laughs> I, I mean, it tells you that you're a patient, very, very patient person to work with somebody like Cody Rhodes. Uh, again, tonight, uh, Ray Phoenix and Lance Archer, and again, the winner will be a part of that ladder match at Revolution, and then the winner of that match gets a chance at the. TNT Championship. Don't forget AEW tonight on TNT 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Lance, always a pleasure talking to you. So glad that you're safe and your dad's uh, healthy and thank you so much for everything. Thank you for being a friend of the show and appreciate the time today. Thank you, man. Have have some pineapple pizza today, brother. Oh, will you stop with the pineapple? You know what? <laughs> and, the, and, and Tommy, I don't know your thoughts about this but lance started a revolution i get tagged every single day with somebody what uh eating pineapple pizza because of lance 
Um, well, I'm hardcore. I like uh, pineapple pizza as well. So I'll yeah. take them both. Oh, disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> I'd rather eat that, that horse meat pizza that you were talking about other than pineapple on pizza. Horse meat sake. and pineapple pizza. Bam! <laughs> You're nuts. Anyway, you are definitely the murder hawk for sure. Uh, Lance, thank you so much for the time. We truly appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, man. Enjoy the show tonight. Hey, everybody. This is Fran Frischella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic buys it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple podcasts so ed if you can fill us in on Mm -hmm. the details of this signing yes i have the press release right here here's the cliff notes version paul white has been signed to a long-term deal with aew uh, adding another universally regarded name to aew's roster of stars legends and upcoming talent it says he will have an extensive role within aew on top of his return to the ring Uh, He will serve as a commentator on AEW's newest show. So there's two big breaking uh, things within this press release here. AEW Dark Elevation. What that is is complimenting AEW Dark on Tuesdays, and they are doubling down on their presence on YouTube. This will air Mondays at 7 p.m. East on AEW's YouTube channel and will showcase AEW's uh, established rising stars, well, established and rising stars as well, as the top independent wrestlers within the industry competing against each other in the ring in pursuit of wins. A quote from Mr. Uh, Paul White in this press release here. AEW Dark is an incredible platform to hone the skills of up-and-coming wrestlers, but I also love that established AEW talent can build out their personalities and showcase themselves in new ways on Dark. It's no exaggeration when they say that AEW is boundless, says Tony Khan. Uh, He wanted to come to AEW because he believes that we're the best promotion in wrestling. And we believe that he has a lot to offer us both in the ring as a wrestler and also outside the ring as a commentator, host and ambassador for AEW. A a lot of things with what Ed just said, Tommy. And Ed, thanks for bringing that to our attention because it is as an off-screen and on-screen personality for Paul White in AEW. Obviously, he won't be able to use the big show. That's, I'm sure, copyrighted by uh, the WWE. Uh, But everybody knows his name. Everybody knows who he is. This is a big signing. You know, Paul is still in his 40s, Tommy. Um, is probably in the best shape that he's been in a very long time. Uh, also can kind of rekindle something that never really came into fruition with Shaq. They could possibly do that with AEW. And this is something that Bully and I talked about yesterday. Before we get into to Paul White here for a second. Because, you know, Bully in a lot of ways talks about the numbers and the ratings. And I and I mentioned on our show yesterday, the only time we ever talk about the ratings, it seems, is on Wednesdays because of the direct head-to-head with NXT and AEW. But, you know, what we got to make clear here in 2021 is the ratings are not as important as they used to be. It's more about content and platforms. AEW and WWE do extremely well, Tommy, on YouTube. 
Now you're talking about a YouTube show. Again, content is king. We're seeing more of streaming services getting involved in pro wrestling. YouTube is a huge platform when it comes to pro wrestling. So we got to stop looking at the ratings and the numbers behind ratings. And I have to do that too. I'm not just saying bully. I have to do that as well. Content is king in 2021. And the more places you're available, is the better. And AEW seems to be doing a good job with that absolutely and this is big news i wonder if he could use go big show how about that he could take that someone's already had trademarked it just give it to him too um it's on tnt exactly uh just doing some quick uh reading during commercial break uh his last appearance on wwe was one four uh january 4th was when he uh, did that thing with randy orton with all the legends uh, Big Show is a guy that still can go. Um, apparently, his contract was up February 19th, and now he's signed February 24th. Um, that's big news for wrestlers. There's a lot of talent. Like, a, you know, we were just talking about with Lance before all the, the news broke about his conversation with Sting. He's good friends with Sting. He contacts him, and he's like, I couldn't do it. And then literally two days later, then everything changed for Sting. Um there are wrestlers that still want to be able to contribute, still want to be able to, I don't want to say be in the limelight, but help the industry that they love. I mean, was Big Show even given a last match? Uh, no. No. Uh, last so, time I remember seeing him was uh, in the ring with um, Drew McIntyre. You need... Uh, I always said this, wrestling f- wrestlers need closure, but most importantly, so do wrestling fans. If we're going to say goodbye, let it let it be special. Sadly, with a lot of wrestlers, uh, they'll, you know, for years we've seen these goodbyes and then they show up other places. But there are a lot of people who have that integrity is like, hey, I'm not going to wrestle anymore or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, it, it is, it's big news too, because I don't want to say it's a power shift, but it's like, okay, WWE and, and Paul couldn't come to terms. So now he went somewhere else. So then it's like, oh crap, we may have have to start coming to terms with wrestlers again, or have to start paying wrestlers more money to stay. I mean, that's the whole thing where, you know, football, baseball, basketball, they all changed for different reasons. And coming out of the pandemic, it will change because then you have box office draws and you have fans coming in. Now is a little different. And as well as, you know, when I've said this many times, WWE cut a lot of people and their money numbers went up. So it's like, we don't need all these people right now, but later on, you're going to. And that they'll have to do. I mean, they just signed, you know, 10 new people to go to the performance center, but someone like an asset like Paul will be big for AEW. Um, Like we said, too, uh, if you remember going into the pandemic when AEW was, they signed uh, like, I think a three-year deal with, they announced that there was going to be another show. That show kind of got put on hold. Don't even know if this is the same show they're talking about. It's also going to air on Monday nights, which is another um big thing and they're having a lot of fans will see how entertaining and how articulate paul is being on commentary because he is really really i mean we've had him on this show and, and we've seen a different light of him um 
it, it it's big news for the industry. It's a great grab for um, AEW. And like I said, like you know, here's Lance. Lance now is no longer the biggest guy in the company. You pitched something that I didn't even think about was like Shaq. There's so many different avenues you can go. And then the fact that said, hey, he's going to be an announcer as well. He's going to be um, still doing stuff in the ring. I just saw Dustin Rhodes say, hey, man, looks like we get to go again. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. I've wrestled Big Show a million times. I watched Dustin wrestle him a bunch of times. Always entertaining. And when you come back, when live events are going to be uh, opening up and fans are going to be able to go back to uh, buildings, that is going to be a key for wrestling companies' extra income. Because now, really, all they're surviving on is streaming and, and that type of money and merchandise money. But those aren't really going to be paying your bills. And here's the thing, too, when you talk about YouTube, and we know about that the WWE is extremely successful on YouTube. AEW Dark on Tuesday nights on YouTube does around 500,000 views for, per episode. Like, that's nothing to sneeze at. So, like, you know, when you look at these numbers, it's across the board. And here's a big number when it comes to the big show, uh, Paul White. A relationship that lasted 22 years. Paul was with the WWE for 22 years moving on. I mean, that is when you have a relationship for 22 years, Tommy. I mean, I, I'm sure that's like a sure thing. You, you know, that person, you know, it's, you know, go back to the devil, you know, it must have been very difficult uh, to make this transition, but he's making this transition. There's a lot of question marks when it comes to AEW. They're a new company. WWE's going nowhere. I think this shows that, you know, Paul has a lot of confidence in the future of AEW or he would not have made this signing. Absolutely. And, like, you look at the story of Edge returning. You look at the story of Christian returning. And here's another guy, uh, the big show, Paul White, who can still go in the ring. So that is another story that's going to be told somewhere else if he decides when he decides to wrestle. If, listen, the fact also like an ambassador, that guy walks into a room and everyone's like, wow, he's somebody. Even for the a person who has no clue what professional wrestling is. It's like, holy crap, what a presence. And to be an ambassador for a company. And they literally just listed all the things that you are right then and there in the press release. As opposed to when you WWE, it's, oh, do I sign a Legends deal? Am I going to be a broadcaster on, you know, the roundtable show? Or, like, they don't specify what you're going to do. So, a gigantic uh, grab for AEW and more, bigger ramifications for the future. Well, you made a great point. You talked about uh, ambassadors and, you know, going up to uh, advertisers, trying to get new advertising for your product or, you know, executive meetings and things like that. Hey, you got you got Big Show and you got Sting. Those are two legendary names in the pro wrestling business. Think about that. Think about, not only that, Jake the Snake Roberts, Sting. You know, Paul White, I mean, not necessarily getting in the ring, but just having those presence, you know, when it comes to, hey, talking to Tully Blanchard, when you're talking to advertisers, those, those, those are big names and celebrity mainstream names that people know, whether you're a wrestling fan yeah. or not, Tommy. It's uh, like I said, I, listen, I'll never forget 
the first time I ever met Billy Gunn, who he's a producer. You'll see him on the sidelines uh, with his sons. Don't know why he's not wrestling as much. Probably because that's Billy's. <laughs> um, he looks like I call him a, a human dinosaur because he's so big. I remember the first time ever meeting Billy Gunn of the Smoking Guns, and I was like, oh, my God, he's the biggest man I've ever met. And I was like, TV didn't do him justice for how big he was. And what I first time met him was at uh, the electronics uh, thing. God damn it. I don't remember the name. Uh, EC3. No, that's a wrestler. Whatever that big gaming convention is. At the Javits Center or whatever? No, this is in LA. E3, something like that. Um, It's the biggest electronics uh, thing. This was during WWE's Acclaim days when we have our first video game. And I see Billy Gunn through a crowd of people. And not because I know him. It's just like, who's this gigantic man walking towards us all? And it's... It was Billy Gunn. And when I'm just telling you, like, and I'm a wrestler and I'm again, he had a hat on, but I was like, that's one big dude. What I'm just trying to say, it's that presence walking through a crowd of thousands of people. Here came Billy Gunn. Same thing with a big show or same thing when you talk about being an ambassador. When the world opens up, when when walking, I don't want to say walking through airports, but like Going to airports and then going to other countries, those are big things. And Big Show, Paul White, has been a star since WCW, has always been spotlighted. Yeah, and is, a- and is great in the ring. He really is. You've never, until you wrestle him, and, and I said this on a tweet with Daniel Bryan and Edge, until you someone is gone, you usually appreciate them more. We got to see, like, we all begged for Daniel Bryan and Edge's return. Until you got in the ring with Big Show, you never appreciated just how great he was. Same with Mark. And Mark was a different a different type of athlete, but Mark was such a big dude. But Mark had, like, two levels of his career. And when Mark got it, like, I, and I pay him with the respect, I would have every match I could until I retire with Mark Henry, because that's how good he was in the ring. Wow. And I've seen Mark at close to like 500 pounds doing things that guys can't do. And until you can appreciate like, God, like Mark can literally break my wrist on a lockup because I've seen him bend wrenches and yet he's not hurting me or yet he's not destroying me or he's not sloppy dropping a 400 pound elbow on me and breaking my chest or stepping on me. Same with the Big Show. I've body slammed and suplexed the Big Show. And that, we all talk about like Andre doing stuff. I mean, we've also seen Big Show come off the top rope with a drop kick. Yep. And like I said, he, over the last few years, he's gotten into the best shape of his career. Over the he last talked about it when years. we had him on the show, but he yep. went through a bunch of health issues. He had infections of stuff with his hip. And he's like, hey, I feel really good. So, hey, if I feel really good, you know, should my career have ended in WWE? Yes. If WWE did not want me to do that, he has every right to go somewhere else. I look at, uh, we were talking about it off the air. I look at the, the new crop of talent that WWE signed. A lot of them came from Impact. And a few of them, Impact was like, we wanted to sign two people, two people stand out to me already. And we wanted to sign 
but they couldn't because there was no spot for them. And they kept saying, we like, we got to sign this person, got to sign this person. And now this person's going to be on NXT tonight. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. It is now official, Tommy. Rhea Ripley gone from the NXT roster and will be debuting on Monday Night Raw. Your thoughts? I think Rhea Ripley is amazing, and I look forward to seeing her each and every week on the Monday Night Raw brand, and we'll throw and be an impactful person for that brand. I may have waited till after WrestleMania, but that's just me. No, maybe. Well, maybe the reason they did that is maybe she will make an impact at this year's WrestleMania, Tommy. Don't forget, last year, her and Charlotte, they killed it. Uh, maybe we get a repeat of that performance at WrestleMania 37. Mm. Yeah, okay. That's, uh, I mean, how many days till WrestleMania? It's about 50, 50 days, I think, around 50 days till WrestleMania. Oh, they can make a match. 51, match I think. Yeah, she could be 51. A... No, less than that. Okay, less than that. What is it then? I think it was Smarty 47 pants. back on Smarty pants. Monday. Well, then that could, uh, help. That could happen. <laughs> WWE does the magical thing of having uh, the main event the week before, and it works. So that's awesome. And, they, and like it helps it. out Monday Night Raw because now you have Charlotte, you have Asuka, uh, and now Rhea Ripley. They just lost Lacey Evans, and that whole story with Charlotte kind of wrapped up uh, on Monday night between Ric Flair and Charlotte backstage. Ed is right. I'm wrong. 45 days until WrestleMania 37. Cool. And uh, that was an amazing backstage. Uh, and, you know, it's weird. I'm literally almost crying watching Ric Flair and Charlotte and Ric Flair who cries all the time didn't cry in that interview yep. segment and I was like how is this happening um but it was probably one of the more realistic uh backstage interviews and was captivating uh Charlotte and Rick played their parts great and when we had talked just last week about making Charlotte a baby face or how could you do it? And we all were saying you have to make stuff personal. You have to have these personal connections. Even Gabby talked about things that she would have to say to her father, what her father would say back. And lo and behold, we saw a personal connection live on Monday Night Raw between Charlotte and Ric Flair. It was a phenomenal segment. And to me, really, really... uh helped charlotte and i loved it it really did and i would now have charlotte as this woman who like she said it gave her new life even though she's a champion even though she uh has been on top of her game you're always could have your commentator state hey well you know in the back of her mind she has to be the best because you know she has to do this for her flair name and for you know, I don't want to say daddy's approval, but just to 
do that for her heritage and all that stuff. It's it's phenomenal. It was great. The following is a satirical bit. Busted Open is not soliciting funds, nor neglects the fact that we're still in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. In other words, we're just a wrestling radio show. Try and relax. And now, a public service announcement from Busted Open. It's something that pains you to see. Something that tears at the very fabric of your conscience. And something that compels you to try and help. Each year, countless pro wrestling radio hosts go deprived of the joy of seeing an exploding barbed wire death match in person. This is as real as it gets to the point. I got to find my way to Daly's place for this match. The trauma that missing out on such an event can bring is near unconscionable and can drive someone to madness. Let's pump the brakes a little bit, Mom. No, I got to find my, I got to get there. To neglect everything in one's life. Pump the brakes a little bit, Why? you super mock. No, I, I don't give a sh- I don't care. You ask yourself, but what can I do? Here at Busted Open, we're telling you that for only pennies a day, you can sponsor a pro wrestling radio host and help make their dream come true. To send them to Jacksonville, Florida to see an exploding barbed wire death match in person. I have to see this in person. For just pennies a day, everything necessary to make that dream come true is possible including the bribing of one spouse. There have been shows that I had to get. I had to find a way there. For just pennies a day, you can bring that level of happiness and feel rest assured that when that siren begins, signaling the imminent explosion at the end of the exploding barbed wire death match, the host you sponsored will be there. I have to find my way into Daly's place to see this match. And you will. You will. And now, back to Busted Open. I mean, God has given us an exploding barbed wire death match for revolution. God has done that. But yet God has put all these obstacles in my way as well. He's going to make me earn this trip. Or, Dave, you take a few days off. There'll be a few days off. You get in your car and you drive. Mother Marissa won't give me the days off to do this. Hmm. Well, then you can't A lot go. of issues. A lot of issues. Then, then it's, there's your issue solved. You can't go. A lot of go. issues. A lot of issues. Can I tell you my Albuquerque, New Mexico story? Please, go right ahead. How about the, how about the production piece by Ed? That was phenomenal. Yeah. I like the fact that he does this really late at night to just really up in his attic to pop himself. And then, like, that's what he's doing late at night. When I get a email at, like, 3.30 in the morning... And I'm like, don't you have to be up super duper early? And he's up in his room doing stuff like that. That's awesome. <laughs> it's good. I like it. He's got also, a nice radio oratory. Also, too, to correct you, Tommy, the banning yeah. does include as a fan going into Daly's place. I am banned really? to get into. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, the banning is for Daly's place as well. And, and, and I got to say this to the nation. Kudos to the Busted Open Nation. They have tweeted at nauseum. At Cody, and he has not responded to one tweet. Listen, he's a real, I don't think... He's a bastard, that Cody. I love him on Twitter lately. He's on Twitter fire. Um, I think maybe you put on a hat. I would suggest a Jaguars hat. I can get you one. Um, maybe a mustache. Maybe a monocle. No one would recognize you. I don't think security monocle. is... I don't think there's... This man is not allowed in. I wouldn't walk in with your fat head holding your own face up so uh but i could do that because then i could think i'm a fan because i wouldn't go in with my own fat head (laughs) yes you would i like i I like the monocle idea because i'd be like mr 
Mr. Tony Khan, I'm here to see the barbed wire exploding <laughs> death match, sir. Mr. No, does I don't know it, Dave LeGregor. Cody Rhodes banned him from Daly's place. And I agree with Mr. Cody Rhodes that Star Wars franchise of movies is much better than Police Academy. So I am going to take my seat now so I can see the exploding barbed wire death match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega. Get your hands off me, sir. I am not David LaGreca. My name is Edgar, and I happen to be a big Jacksonville Jaguars fan. And I have my ticket, and I am going to see the match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley in exploding barbed wire. Get your hands off me, sir! I have, I am not Dave LaGreca. I have no idea what you're saying about Cody Rhodes. That bastard! That bad. I had to sit and watch the big show on TNT. Watch that atrocity. <laughs> That's how much I love AEW. Support AEW. Abomination, sir. <laughs> the monocle will protect your eye in case uh, yes. part, the particles of the exploding ring. You got one arm, one eye protected. You Why do I sound like Mr. Peanut when I talk, when I have him put him on? Because you're a crazy human being. On. Can I ask you another sir. question? Unhand me, good Wait. sir. I have Dave. a match to see between John Moxley and Kenny Omega, an exploding barbed wire death match. Dave, the, the noodle in my head is boiling right here. To borrow from another movie franchise, Tommy, if you'll give me what the floor for a minute. What did you just say, Ed? I just said my noodle is boiling here. I have an idea. The light the bulb does that over mean, my head is going off. Your brain you is want a me noodle? to help oh, you or not? You want me to help yeah, you ahead. or not? My noodle is boiling. <laughs> One of the greatest films of all time, the cannonball run. Go disguised as a, I'm the paramedic here for the barbed wire exploding oh, death match. I can, oh, I can dress up like a medical personnel person. Yes. Do I have, can I wear the monocle? Yes. I am here from the local Jacksonville medical facility. Because the exploding barbed wire death match is a very dangerous endeavor, I'm from Cambridge. I'm one of the finest doctors across the world. I'm, I'm from Cambridge, good sir. And I am here to protect John Moxley and Kenny Omega in this exploding barbed wire death match here i am from that facility maybe you heard of it the cambridge medical facility so in all the medical textbooks sir <laughs> unhand me i am not david lagreca as they're pulling you away your fat head will be falling out of your jacket because i picture you wearing an overcoat and, and, and you know, you, you mentioned a jacksonville jaguars hat like yeah i can get that anywhere it's on a discount no, it's that not everywhere. Get that everywhere. You can't pick one up uh, in Jersey. Bet you. Go out on a go out on a task right now. Go find a Jacksonville Jaguars hat in New Jersey. You ain't gonna find it. Yeah, it would be like back in the day. Remember back in the day at the gumball machines when you put the quarter in, they get that like plastic <laughs> cap. You would try to get like a Yankee cap or something, a little helmet, and then you would always get the Milwaukee Brewers. Like every time you would get the Milwaukee, it'd be the same thing here. All right, let me put the quarter. Oh, another Jaguars helmet. Oh, another Jaguars helmet. 
When am I going to get the Cowboys? I oh, another yeah, Jaguars helmet. Dave, I'm on the Party City website. A top hat and monocle glasses set will cost you $9.99. That's a bargain. That's half your disguise right there. I can get it. I think I could do it. I think I could do it. Cody's distracted with the whole pregnancy thing. Dave, listen, here's what I got to tell you. You got to tell Mother Marissa. You got to tell Violetta. The last time there was an exploding barbed wire match was exactly. It was in Japan. (laughs) Yep. The world was, like I said before, the world stopped for a bit, though wrestling and we did not. You need to go out there and do things that you really want to go do. So get in your car and drive or get on a plane and go. It's that simple. Do I have to quarantine? Well, if you fly, I don't, I know if you fly into New York, you're supposed to um, quarantine. Uh, I have, I get COVID tests every time after, while I'm at work. Mm -hmm. I'm also an essential worker, which is spectacular that wrestling is listed as an essential worker. I'm saving lives. And um, so you can just go to get your own COVID test afterwards if you'd like. But Dave, you wear a mask, you're good. You get on a plane, you go. But I don't, have to quarant- I don't have to quarantine myself for like two weeks afterwards or anything like that, do I? Where do you go anyway? What do you do? I do this show with you from, from my house. <laughs> okay, from your house. <laughs> It's not like it's a big thing. No, a big but I got to do shit. You know, I got to take my daughter to work and stuff like that. All right. Like, well, if I you're can't be stuck in the house for two weeks, I got shit to do. If you are sick, obviously you have to do that. But if you take all the precautions, I fly all the time. I have a flying jacket. I have flying gloves. You have no mm. clue. My crazy. I wear a mask and uh, I'm good. Do you wear a monocle? No, no monocle. I have contacts. Okay. Really quick, what did you think of Elimination Chamber this past Sunday? I thought it was very, very interesting. And like I said before, um, WWE has a magical uh, power that I wish I could um, have where they get, I feel WWE has been on a positive spin for Monday nights for the last couple of weeks, maybe two to three. And... They have this magical power of totally going in another direction and making stuff very, very interesting very, very quickly. I could use horrible, horrible booking of Matt Riddle, which we've talked about for a long, long time, and now he's the United States champion, um, which kind of makes people forget about the horrible, horrible booking he was placed in before. Uh, The Bobby Lashley Miz stuff is super-duper intriguing. Everyone feels that they're going to go with Bobby Lashley and Miz is just going to be a transitional champion. Kudos also to The Miz, who said, if I'm not going to main event WrestleMania uh, or be the champion in a year, uh, he was going to retire. He kind of already hit that mark. And Miz went from, I don't want to say... A comedy act, but you know, part of a tag team. Miz has been golden and stepped up, and he then took it to a next level when he became that champion, and shows his ass as as a heel champion should. Uh, you know, pretty much turn Bobby Lashley straight up babyface. The bringing in Braun Strowman had a lot of different uh, elements to it. 
But now we, you know, a lot of people want to play like we all do. Hell, this show is based upon it. Armchair Booker. Yeah. But they totally flipped the script on everything and has a big interest going towards WrestleMania now on the title that we don't know what they're going to do with. You know, we also have Drew McIntyre not on the show and sitting back. What's going to be his answer? There's a lot of stuff going on. So uh, good stuff. I like it. So, Tommy, when you look at what happened at Elimination Chamber with The Miz winning that WWE championship, a lot of people are just assuming that The Miz is going to drop this title next week to Bobby Lashley and then they're going to move forward with Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. But from what you're just saying, that may not necessarily be true. They may go with Miz as champion going to WrestleMania, correct? If I'm booking it, I go with a three-way and I do Bobby Lashley versus... The Miz, and I have Drew McIntyre come down, and as Bobby Lashley is breaking the Miz's neck, bent over, here comes a Claymore out of nowhere. Ba-pang. And now Miz is still your champion. Lashley, uh, McIntyre's gotten his revenge on Lashley somewhat for causing him to lose. There's a whole bunch of different ways, and I would go with a three-way with it. I really would. And then again, in a three-way... Your champion, you could crown a new champion, or Miz can escape with that title as well. There's different ways you can go about it. If you look at purposely how they put John Morrison into that three-way, uh, it's so Lashley, you know, doesn't have to lose, or there's other two guys doing a lot of that stuff. That's great booking, and that's great positioning of people. You know, the road to WrestleMania always starts after the Royal Rumble, Tommy. But I almost feel like the road to WrestleMania started Monday night. Like, I really feel like this shift. Like, this just, it just feels differently. I, coming out of Elimination Chamber on Sunday, I was like, man, I'm really not that excited for WrestleMania 37. And 24 hours later, on Monday Night Raw, no less, they got me completely invested on what's going to take place in Tampa. Well, that's what I told you about that magical power. And as much, and that's why I always tell wrestling fans, you got to keep tuning in. Because, I mean, we literally did a show. We did a full segment about Charlotte uh, and Ric Flair. Yep. And we thought about, and the nation thought about all these different ways. We, it's near impossible that you could turn her or the WWE wouldn't do stuff like that. And then they did. And right away, you have, I mean, for me personally, and I, and I love both performers, I was like, wow, this is great television. I know you guys joke about me having a TiVo, but a lot of segments, I will just fast forward because I just know they're just throwaway segments. But I seriously hung on every word that they were saying, even when she interrupted, because guess what? We have a radio show. You and I will be talking. We'll get interrupted by Ed or by Gabby if we're having a heated debate. Because that's what real conversations are about. It's not like reading a script or here's bullet points. No, man, this is real. So that's why it was magical. And like I said, WWE and and this, it's brilliant that it happens. I mean, honestly, the, the stuff they did with Matt Riddle has been horrible. The stuff that they did with Lana wasn't good. But then we had the payoffs. And I mean, the Lana thing got taken away with my whole... But at least she put the woman finally through a table because I feel like they felt like they had to do it because it was getting such negative. But they have this great ability to, okay, it's like a Jedi mind trick. None of that existed. Now this does. 
because no one's going to talk about, except for this show right now, the horrible booking of Matt Riddle, but now he's the champion. So whatever horrible stuff he had to face, he got through, and now he's your champion. It almost feels like, Tommy, like the WWE is at its best when they have to make a decision or their backs up against the wall. Case in point is with Charlotte. You know, she's in this story with Lacey Evans. A lot of people weren't buying in, weren't sure where it was going. Lacey Evans gets pregnant, and then they have to make a change, and they have that incredible segment with Ric Flair in the back, and it's like everything's changed now. You Now, after that, it's like you completely forgot about the Lacey Evans storyline. And now you're interested in what's going to happen moving forward. And Dave, they addressed, even though, like I said, hey, listen, I'm a viewer and I was getting like, like hey, this could be Ric Flair's kid. or And you guys are like, no, they specifically said he's not. I did not get that feeling until his daughter addressed it. And she's like, really? You always like, you always have an eye for, for blondes. Yep. And that's like, oh, you know. All of that stuff was addressed, and it was just like, hey, that's now in the past, but at least we acknowledged it. It was brilliant. It literally was everything we spoke about last week, addressed all the negatives, turned it into a positive, and it's like none of us felt bad that Ric Flair was leaving. And it wasn't this like, oh, Ric Flair, like she's healing her father. It's like she needs to do this to move forward. It's incredible. It's and again, like the way. And that was just one segment on a really. I don't mean to cut you off, but that was one segment on a really good show. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.